नमस्ते एवरीवन वेलकम टू द चार वर्क पॉडकास्ट दिस इज योर होस्ट कुशल मेहरा ऑल राइट टुडेस पॉडकास्ट इज ऑन अ वेरी स्पेसिफिक पेपर दैट आई रेड अ फ्यू डेज अगो द पेपर वाज टाइटल्ड फाइनेंशियल इंक्लूजन ऑफ वुमेन करंट एविडेंस फ्रॉम इंडिया एंड टू टॉक अबाउट दैट पेपर आई हैव द ऑथर ऑफ द पेपर सुनैना कुमार विद मी सुनैना थैंक्स फॉर कमिंग ऑन द पॉडकास्ट गुड इवनिंग कुशल थैंक यू फॉर इनवाइटिंग मी टू द पॉडकास्ट All right, Sunaina. As this is your first time on the podcast, so I have a bit of a tradition on this podcast that I request the guests who come for the first time. And as I am renowned to be lazy when it comes to reading bios, <laughs> so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? You're outsourcing your work to me. Yes, okay. absolutely. So I currently work in policy. I work with. the observer research foundation which is um, one of india's largest think tanks and i work there as a senior fellow uh, with the center for new economic diplomacy where we mostly focus on sustainable development and things like that um, and the and the areas that i look at are mostly around uh, gender very specifically around uh, women's workforce participation women's economic inclusion women's financial inclusion So that's what I'm currently doing, uh, and I used to be a journalist. Um, I've been a journalist uh, for over 15 years. Reported from the field, worked on um, various issues around development and uh, around uh, around uh, many things, including culture also. And written for publications in India, outside, written for Al Jazeera, worked with the Helka. Uh, and uh, well the whole span of it worked with the indian express so uh, yeah that that in a nutshell is uh, what i do so if you don't mind me asking so obviously now you're a senior fellow at orf and you know you're doing hardcore research where which research that involves going on the field maybe culling government reports and, and because a lot of this paper is looking at government reports and global reports now if i was to say in your previous avatar uh as a journalist vis-a-vis now as a hardcore researcher who do, does research and produces these papers what, what, do you find any difference or uh, so what what exactly has uh, has changed in in your life in terms of work culture if i was to ask that uh, so the primary difference in fact is that uh, for the work that i do now which is around policy uh i do not go to the field uh, the research is uh, secondary research it is not primary research uh, which means that i uh, the evidence and the data that i rely on is secondary uh, data which is of course uh, mostly uh, government data also can uh, can be other sources of data reports studies and uh, sometimes there are consultations and those consultations could involve uh, of course engaging talking to people who are involved in primary research and whereas as a journalist uh, the first thing that i did before i got to any of the other part of it which is looking at data trying to corroborate what i found on the field uh, with it uh, the first part of it was going to the field finding people finding the stories so the lens is entirely different got it got it now the very important thing that i like to start with because uh, again uh, i guess uh, this uh, this uh, unique uh, disease as i call in my case comes from a background in philosophy i am a sucker for definitions and i and i you know the one thing i appreciated in this paper is that i highlighted it too that you started by defining and and it's good that you did that there is a definition about financial inclusion itself which is very important as as uh, we need to say so so you obviously use the reserve bank of india national strategy for financial so the financial inclusion as you mentioned in the paper and i'm quoting this is the process of ensuring access to financial services and timely and adequate credit where needed by vulnerable groups such as weaker sections and low income groups at an affordable cost but here's my question like what is an affordable cost over here that is something i got confused about okay i can i can answer that with a very concrete uh, answer but i have to first ask your question kushal which is uh, i was intrigued when you contacted me and invited me to the podcast how did you get so interested in this topic and then of course i will answer your question well i i am known to be a weirdo <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I tend to read things that normal people don't and and and, and I have huge uh, uh she I've known Samir for a while now. I I have even before I knew Samir, I have been reading work of ORF or I I sometimes dabble with uh, even in ORF America. Who was also on the podcast, and then I read McDonald Laurier. I tend to read a lot of reports. I I go to different uh, think tank websites. I try to get stuff out of there. And uh, why I'll tell you why this subject. I've actually had a lot of discussions. Uh, I had Monica Hallen. on the podcast on financial planning for women i actually especially requested her and she was kind enough to come and do a podcast on that from a investment perspective but that was a very macro perspective not talking about the ground reality also when it comes to inclusion women's rights and stuff like that without even using the word feminist i i don't know what that means today because there is first wave second wave third wave abhi chautha bhi wave aa gaya apparently abhi pata nahi 4.5 panchwa bhi aa jayega so i don't understand aadhi cheeze usme but i i believe in a very basic concept of equality so anybody who looks at the discussion range of my podcast they will find me talking about these issues very very much and what i like is i like data so i'm a sucker for data what i liked is i, I accidentally came across this report i was mm-hmm. randomly scanning orf and i was like ye kya hai and i picked on it and mm-hmm. i read and so it's, so so it's very funny when i messaged samir i was like are yaar mere ko sunena se baat kara mere ko wo report ke bare mein baat karni is like ruk ja main speaker chalu karta hu and then then basically uh, we, we were there but i i i i genuinely believe that when i created this platform and i sincerely mean this and you know listeners and viewers will vouch for me uh, who who are regulars here i actually created this so that we have a platform in india irrespective of your political leaning where we can discuss policy and real issues that matter it's not that i don't discuss politics i don't even hide it i am very open about my political leaning sab kuch main ekdam khulla baat karta hu main kiske liye vote karta hu कहा मेरे व्यूज हैं ऑन कल्चर एंड आई हैव नेवर हिडन इट नॉर विल आई हाइड इट बट एट द सेम टाइम आई डोंट बिलीव पॉलिसी इज द बपौती इफ आई वाज टू यूज अ हिंदू हिंदी वर्ड ऑफ द लेफ्ट विंग और द राइट विंग इंडियंस ऑन एवरेज हैव टू बी इन्वेस्टेड इन पॉलिसी एंड दिस पेपर फॉर मी वाज अ फर्स्ट हैंड चेक on policy in india like whether it was the janthan yojana or the jam trinity because you do use a lot of the jam trinity data in this report so so to honestly answer your question this is why i liked this essay a lot jaise hi maine padha i immediately i i dm'd you on twitter and i messaged samir simultaneously <laughs> like baat kara bhai so i i and i had i have covered a lot of orf uh, reports in the past i even used it as a reference point like i recently did a, a monologue where i presented my case for uh, why this is the best time to be alive and i don't know why people keep whining all over the world and i actually used two specific orf reports uh, 2021 malnutrition and 2020 on malnutrition and mm-hmm. i was like you can quibble but if you look at the longitudinal data from 1951 uh, onwards to now things are only getting better in india so you can be congress supporter bjp supporter aap supporter swad anusar it doesn't matter to me i just look at the chart and i say things are going in the particular direction so this is where i come from i hope that uh, uh, that is that does. <laughs> that does and i have to say it's not like i was looking for validation for this but i think what happens when you uh, write out these long pieces of research and also because i've done a different form of writing before this which was journalistic where you know there was there's this constant engagement with readers or audience that you that that you know that that we were that we have that that's the circle that exists uh and especially for longer policy uh briefs um there is you know there is always this uh, question of are people who are outside of this world outside of the regular stakeholders that we're thinking of accessing this so it's happening to hear that uh, this is what you thought about it and to answer your question which is uh, which is actually i have to say a very clever question because you caught me on what is uh, affordable financial services um okay so i can first give you the 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 you know how the government is going about it because you know that is what we're tracking in this paper right uh, so uh, essentially when when the rbi uh, took up financial inclusion as a mandate in 2005 they started by offering no frills account which basically means that you can 
you can have access to a bank account without maintaining any balance right so what we're talking about is that uh, we're talking about access to financial services which is sustainable which is accessible which reaches all parts of the country and uh, which is affordable to all so uh, i and and now i can talk a little about how the jandhan yojana has done this uh and especially to incentivize women which is really what we're looking at uh, in this in this paper is that uh, you know first of all they have minimum documentation uh, to open a bank account which helps uh, you know women get past the the issues of literacy uh but also that you can have a zero balance account uh in which you can just even get government transfers you get an overdraft facility if if you're a woman of 10000 rupees uh and you're not answerable to anyone to explain why you get that you can just uh, have that so that's as far as access to bank accounts is concerned and affordability uh there is more to this because financial inclusion is not just access to bank accounts as this whole paper uh talks about which we can get into a little later because then there are questions of access to credit to insurance and to pension so i have a question here uh let's let's focus on gain on a very specific uh data point in the in the chart so uh, i'm going to go through So why did you select the global landscape fintech survey 2021 and could could you explain what that survey is all about as i pull up a, a specific chart as you explain Sure so uh two three things for uh looking at the global fintech survey uh and of course we've constantly i have constantly looked at indian uh data also including the national family health survey uh, and the all india debt and uh, all india debt survey uh, the global fintech survey which is brought out by the world bank uh, has been quite credible and authoritative in mapping the global landscape so this year's uh, fintech so uh, uh, it comes out every 5 years not not annual at all but it looks at 123 economies so what it does is that it is able to also contextualize financial inclusion uh in 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 the global landscape in terms of what is happening in advanced economies what is happening in emerging economies so and and this is where it's really interesting because a lot of contrasts um come up which are which which are interesting to see so for example um the global fintech will tell you what are the barriers to financial services that let's say women face in latin america as opposed to india and i think it's interesting to see what those differences are so women in latin america uh one of the one of the hindrances that they have is that financial services are more expensive not the case in india at all we actually have very affordable financial services there is mistrust of the financial system in latin america not the case in india but what are the barriers that women in india face which are very specific to india you can also of course extend that to south asia uh one is of mobility that is distance from quite often uh you know either um either a, a a bank or of course now we don't just look at banks we have banking agents but the very fact that sometimes women are not able to leave home so uh that along with some sort of um barriers that are common to women across the world uh for instance lack of identification lack of um papers uh that's one um and another is uh, the digital divide which has now come up a lot since covid-19 when i say come up of course it has always existed but uh, i should qualify that by saying that awareness of the digital divide has only grown uh but it's interesting how much of that exists in india and then again we can look at something like africa we can look at kenya we can look at ghana where a lot of financial inclusion has actually been driven through access to mobile phones because there a woman is as likely to own a mobile phone as a man 
and that is not the case in india so i think it is very interesting to look at the global landscape and then of course look at what is specific in particular to india so yeah as as your report states over here in this figure adults with no accounts india is quite high in that sense uh, uh as per this survey that uh, those who are unbacked globally are 13% of women so they are 2% more than men globally and uh, in the case of india as we see in this figure it's quite high as per them uh well, another point that you say is between 2011 and 21 the gender gap in account ownership in developing economies declined from 9 percentage points to 6 percentage points and obviously in that also the the male and female gap is there now this is the the south asian uh, bank ownership uh, trend uh, which is again i found interesting uh, pakistan mein banking obviously for multiple reasons uh, hoga but and, and it's see i don't like to compare pakistan and india but i like to compare pakistan with let's say a similar society which would be afghanistan and bangladesh when i say similar i say similar because of religiosity because there are certain uh, religious underpinnings which people don't realize lead to a lot of banking related issues in that side of the world because obviously as a uh, usury is not uh, a very conducive thing uh, in 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 islamic societies uh, for those who don't know what usury means interest by byaj byaj so for those who did not understand it so so that's why i wanted to compare it with bangladesh which is which is what the one thing i found very interesting in this uh, data was the pakistan and bangladesh comparison so just wondering did you uh, did you find that surprising or it was not surprising at all for you okay good catch again i have to say you picked on the details and it and the, the one thing that was surprising was bangladesh not uh, pakistan that was as per expected but bangladesh was surprising because honestly the starting point for even doing this paper or for a lot of the work that i do for me remains uh, looking at women's workforce participation or rather why women have been edged pushed out of work or do not enter the work force in the first place in a country like india and there where we look at uh, south asia uh, bangladesh numbers are much better than india's workforce numbers at least of women's participation and yet uh, when it comes to financial inclusion uh, it does not reflect so uh, india and sri lanka are the only two countries where the gap in access to uh, the gender gap in access to bank accounts uh has been uh, has been closed there is no uh, gender gap as such anymore but of course those gender gaps exist uh, when it comes to uh, the entire, the full spectrum of financial inclusion cool got it got it now this gender gap now let's focus on this mobile phones bit so again in the report you say globally financial inclusion has been accelerated by the increase in use of mobile phones and the internet in kenya and ghana for example women are as likely as men to own a mobile phone and mobile money has helped women gain access to the formal financial system what happens basically with mobile phones like why does it why is it such a game changer um kushal i think all you know i mean one is that we only have to even look at our lives after the pandemic where everything that we that we do now flows from access to mobile phone right we access uh, education we access health services we also run businesses uh, over uh, over mobile phones and when i say mobile phones i mean you know that that over a laptop in terms of access and uh, and in india there are there are various reasons why women are not able to access mobile phones so you know one is of course you know we can look at questions of affordability so there is a rural urban divide that, that exists where women in rural india are less likely to have access to a mobile phone uh, but the other uh, thing that constantly comes up as a barrier to women's access to mobile phone in india are social norms where we go back to notions of patriarchy where women you know we we all have these notions that a woman who has access to a mobile phone will gain autonomy and uh, after that of course anything can happen so uh, of course questions of concern uh, are masking control and you know that that's just uh, how it is 
this is why i asked you the question because i wanted <laughs> to read this this is exactly why i asked you this question because uh, you mm -hmm. mentioned that and it's so i mean i don't know what word it's frustrating because i mean the data is mm -hmm. out right so you say two two bits in this that stood out for me only 11% have ever taken a micro credit loan women's use of micro credit programs is higher in rural areas 12% mm -hmm. than in urban regions 9% which is which is i think uh, not surprising uh, sunaina yeah. because i was just thinking about it right in urban areas women do have job opportunities right they they they, they can go and uh, work in let's say industrial units or even in 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 residential complexes and stuff like that so women tend to have more job options but when you are in rural india you tend to be more inclined to entrepreneurial opportunities so the micro credit lending uh, uh, uptake will be more in rural india uh, than urban india on the face of it from whatever i have understood is it, quite natural that 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 did not surprise me but this is really uh, i want to spend some time on this point 3 that you've written the digital gender divide remains pervasive both in terms of access and literacy 53.9% of women have a mobile phone that they themselves use 71% of women who have a mobile phone can read text messages and only 22.5% of women with mobile phones use them for financial transactions now that is a huge drop like uh, did the research say why so okay i get the the text message bit and the use of mobile phones for for reasons that you have mentioned here i understand that but what i did not understand is the 22% that is just too statistically uh, significant a drop that jars you when you read a report like that now did, did did you find the reasons as to why this drop is there yeah so uh, this data point is from the national family health survey and that does not go into the reasons for it but the reasons for it uh, is something that we can uh, think about from uh, you know related literature and surveys on women's usage of mobile phones so uh, one is also a question often of trust right where a uh, lack of financial literacy uh leads to questions of trust so they are less likely to be able to do uh online transactions through their mobile phone first because they will also not be sure of it now uh, we'll have to take a step back and also see uh why that happens and here i think it's very important to kind of look at the elephant in the room which is you know when we talk about all of this what are we really talking about we're talking about uh, you know we 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 skirted around it when we talked about social norms and control and patriarchy uh, the other thing that we have to uh, talk about is that when, when we we keep talking about literacy right so one is of course just literacy and uh, access to education but also digital literacy comes up as as something that we constantly address for women especially in india so why is it that uh, women are not digitally literate of course one is access to mobile phones uh, the other is that to be digitally literate to be able to use this you need time and time is something that women do not have right this is where uh, we talk talk about the time use survey uh, data and and the burden on indian women uh so i've actually done an uh, a podcast series around this and looking at uh, why is it that women's workforce participation in india remains as low as it does and uh, persistently the thing that comes up uh, which again impacts um, what we're talking about uh, today which is um, digital literacy use of payments the gap that you pointed out all of this because the the burden of unpaid work that women have in india uh and you know this is again a data that uh, i like you i love data uh, you know just sort of tells the story uh, so the last time you survey done by the government in 2019 shows that uh, women in india spend on an average about 7 hours maybe 13 or 14 minutes something like that a day on unpaid care work which includes uh, domestic obligations which includes care for the elderly and the corresponding figure for men is less than 3 hours so this 7 hours uh, a day is the highest in the world in no other country is there this much of a difference in uh, in the time that women spend on unpaid work 
and uh, that has a parallel effect on i mean it's sorry it has like an, a domino effect on on everything I, i'm not sure i managed to answer your question but i just felt that it's very important no, to talk about this no no i i agree with you but uh, to me i still mm-hmm. feel uh, you know i'm not saying patriarchy is not the reason obviously patriarchy is the reason but mm-hmm. this this gigantic drop in terms of technology also has got to do with you know the access to education has improved for women mm-hmm. in india and the data is there i mean in fact in the same um, uh, the fifth survey nfhs survey we see the access to education in significantly increasing i guess when we do the sixth survey or the seventh survey this number should significantly change in terms of financial inclusion because like when i read this report this is the one thing that just jarred me i was like damn 22% is it's it's ridiculous i, I i'm not shocked by this figure like women's ownership of financial assets and a mobile phone between uh, 15 to 49 years old like none of this shocked me but that bit uh, hmm. really shocked me uh, like now this one this this is another figure that i wanted to talk about the control over women's earnings 14% hmm. is with the husband 18% is mainly wife and wife and husband jointly is 67% now even in this case uh like if we were to compare this to the global trend uh how off are we with the global trend did you check that like is the global trend also 67% wife as husband jointly or uh, the global actually, trend is more on the 18% i actually don't have the answer to that i would only hazard a guess that uh, this has to be more specific to south asia uh but there i'm just uh, on honestly just just guessing here and linking it again to uh you know because all there, there is just so much linkage to workforce participation uh you know and and even this thing about control over women's earnings and and you know how much of a difference it makes when women really have access to their earnings is uh, is it's incredible and uh, you know i mean you know we have uh, we have like for like i i was in rajasthan in the summer and uh, i was um, reporting on um, on manrega the employment guarantee scheme and um, it's it's quite incredible to see uh, you know i mean it's it's the one thing uh, which bucks the trend of women's workforce participation where uh, you know under that scheme the participation of women is much higher than men so uh, that's one and of course uh, that has a lot to do with migration and the fact that uh, a lot of men in rural areas have migrated to cities but uh, but to go back to financial inclusion and when women have earnings and the impact that it has on them and also that does on their families is to be seen through that scheme really uh, because it, it, you know when manrega started uh, the money would be uh, it, it would be deposited quite often to jointly held accounts uh or like a family account or something um you know and, and now it is it 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 goes into individual bank accounts uh and that uh, even though it is the daily wages are very low but we see its impact on on education on health on all social indices yeah this was a heartening bit uh in the report this uh that there's little access difference in access in urban and rural india 80% 80.7% of women had deposit accounts in rural india to 81.3% of women in urban men uh, were 88.1 in rural and 89% uh, in now this uh, i have to say this this really you know warmed my heart that mm. we have uh, you know we and kudos to uh, all governments of india in this because it's a year on year process and i would say in this case i would you know this government really pushed it through the jam trinity they really made it a, a, a central you know issue for them and it was kind of uh, for the prime minister in many ways a legacy issue too from whatever i have understood in terms of my reading of uh, media coverage and policy coverage in india so this i would say is a win for uh, for india in terms of that but again uh, uh, if we were uh, to say the devil always lies in the details and this is what the next one that's why i highlighted this and again <clears throat> 
the economic survey as you say found that gender gap in enrollments under APY has narrowed as participation of female subscribers increased from 37% in March 2016 to 44% as of September 2021 similarly the number of ben- beneficiaries under the Pradhan Mantri Suraksha Bima Yojana 10.26 crore women and Pradhan Mantri Jeevan Jyoti Bima Yojana 3.42 crore women have increased according to, to 2021 uh, figures from the finance could you could you explain uh, what these two Mantri Suraksha Bhima Yojana and Pradhan Mantri Jeevan Jyoti Bhima Yojana are basically just just uh, what, what basically are they meant to do? So uh, essentially uh, when the government took up financial inclusion on mission mode and I think this is the one thing that Indian administration does well when we take up things on mission mode whether that's vaccination or in this case financial inclusion we, we, we meet the targets. So um, the Atal Pension Yojana, the uh, the the Jeevan uh, Yojana are all a part of uh, looking at financial inclusion as beyond access to bank accounts, as uh, as you know as as also um, essentially um, risk management for people. So. Uh, you know, I, I would say that uh, the report itself is a little sketchy on the data because I tried my hardest to find data. It does not exist. Uh, you know, it, it was very difficult to really track it down. Um, but, I mean, it shows that there is an uptake uh, in in this. Um, overall, I think these schemes, uh, and again, I would say that uh, I haven't done enough uh, research on on either the life, these life pension schemes, the accident insurance schemes, but the uptake hasn't been as high, um, which is where, uh, you know, uh, like essentially the problems that we're facing in financial inclusion lie uh, in this, that we've opened bank accounts through Jandhan Yojana uh, of, you know, we, one of the, one of the problems that we face is inactive bank accounts. I'm, I'm sure you've read that part. Uh, so I'm jumping ahead a bit. But uh, again, India has the highest number of dormant bank accounts, mm-hmm. uh, which the Global Findex also points out because Global Findex looks at uh, dormant bank accounts uh, country by country and finds that India has the highest and a lot of women who, you know, for whom these bank accounts were opened are not often using them. Again, uh, to qualify that, uh, according to government data, uh, some of that has has narrowed down. So um, access to bank accounts also means that they are using it much more. And, um, and you know, uh, essentially, the, the, the really the crucial parts of financial inclusion then mean access to credit where people can start their own businesses, entrepreneurship, things like that, and uh, get access to pension and life insurance. So um, I could not delve much on this because there isn't that much to be able to access uh, on this. So uh, I, and I do feel that maybe we will have surveys um, and more data uh, that that, you know, that looks at this in detail. Mm-hmm. Now, this was, again, uh, a good trend. I mean, eventually it will taper out because, you know, you only have so many people. But yeah, this is heartening that, you know, the Pradhan Mantri Jandan Yojana account, or I, I get there are dormant accounts, but at least, you know, and, and COVID. And so now this is another good thing that I had marked. There is evidence that women Jandan customers are more profitable than men as women are committed savers. A female Jandhan customer's lifetime revenue is at least 12% higher than that of a male uh, customer. Well, something the women are doing, right? <laughs> well, I don't know what's wrong with the men. What what the hell are the men Absolutely. doing? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to highlight yeah, this. Yeah, it makes this a was case a good for bit. how much banks can profit. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So so you know, all the bank managers they should be looking for women customers because they 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 clearly are the better customers for for them as a bank, right? The the men seem to be doing something fishy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So the, absolutely, uh, and you know, to uh, I I totally agree with that. And also, women are much better borrowers. If we look at mm-hmm. NPAs, it is hardly ever the women. If we look at even data on uh, Pradhan Mantri Mudra Yojana, which I have also looked at in a separate paper, 
the defaulters um, are are hardly ever the women it is the men so banks should focus on that segment that's fascinating now now see this is this is something i did not know so so even when it comes to defaulting the men basically <laughs> the men suck i guess well yeah. it's okay <laughs> so an- another good the, the direct benefit transfer also uh is is there that you mention uh indian government uh, has transferred 16.8 trillion since its inception in 2013 uh 33% was tra- were transferred in the period of 2021 reflecting an uptick in cash transfers since the pandemic which is natural the pandemic did push uh, uh a lot of things uh i mean in in that sense and uh, it this this didn't surprise me to be very honest the pandemic pushed a lot of things that were kind of in the back burner uh, in, in you know these are as they say the second order and third order effects of some things that we face during times of adversity so now what what is micro safe consulting like the, the and the doing this this bit over here and um, like i just want to read this again an evaluation by microsave consulting in 2022 on the impact of dbts on women beneficiaries and their experience in accessing withdrawing and uh, utilizing dbt funds in india found that it increased women's disposable income and financial decision making at the household level it ensured that children stayed in school and contributed to better health outcomes and food security now now explain how has this uh, this correlation being made um so that correlation is you know i i was talking about uh, manrega earlier right where uh, women's wages are transferred directly to the bank account if we think of that as one of the sources so uh, microsafe consulting is an international organization that looks at research on financial inclusion um, around the world they do focus on developing countries uh, they look at india they look at countries in africa so again uh, interesting to look at uh, comparisons uh, in in their research so uh, that and uh, what is, was it a data point that you were quoting by them or or the fact that it has a, a positive impact on um, yeah no so what what i was saying is outcome. like how does this direct benefit transfer going to women lead into children staying in school and better mm-hmm. health outcomes and food security for the family uh, like uh, what wh- what is the reason like uh, uh, the rationale behind it is that women tend to value their children's education they tend to save better than men on average is that the reason like i'm trying to rationalize it sure so it is all of that it is uh, it is the fact that women are better savers but also that uh, you know this is this is one of those sort of accepted facts that we who who work on this just site but i can imagine uh, why that comes up as a question uh, the fact that when women are uh, are have access to their earnings they invest it back in their families and that's the invest in you know those investments then turn into social investments so uh, when development economists make the case for investing in women they're also making the case for how that means that you are investing in families in communities and the economy overall so first of all women will uh, you know when when they save they will invest that back in their children's education uh in the family's health and food security those are the other are the most sort of crucial um, areas that the, that their earnings get directed towards so uh, it just is is a good case so basically if you want healthier children educated children make sure women get more money yes fair enough all right cool so okay now the, again the just to you already mentioned this but just to uh, share uh, for the users again we have the highest share of inactive bank accounts globally 35% holy moly that's a lot of inactive bank accounts and even in that as uh, as you have uh, written that uh, the women's share uh, the rise of women's share in the past decade 
when it comes to total bank credit has been very low in absolute terms uh so we need to do better over there and again the pradhan mantri mudra yojana you mentioned that you spoke about that so that that we've already covered that now this is something again that disappointed me indian women using mobile internet remained at 30% this year whereas the proportion of indian men using mobile internet has grown to 50% now ye matlab internet bhi nahi use karne dete hamare desh mein hum log that uh, so you know uh, in, i think this is uh, this is the gsma survey uh, and they also looked at behavioral practices so there are enough studies that look at this right that when women do use their mobile phones uh it, you know a lot of us like to do that by stepping out and you know we seek privacy when we do that so so that is something especially in family setups even more so in rural areas that there is no tolerance for it so that is the difference when a man is using it he can he has access to privacy women do not have access to privacy also Yeah, that was a very disturbing statistic. I was like, "Damn it, mother! It is ridiculous." And you know, and the one following that was like, like the data, as you say, from NFHS five, which mapped digital access and literacy, shows ownership of a mobile phone that women themselves use increases with age, from thirty two percent amongst fifteen to nineteen to sixty five percent among twenty five to twenty nine, and then decreases among older women. no i that is fascinating why does it decrease again so this is like there is a peak period and then it again tapers off which is very interesting i found that uh... it's uh, it's simply a matter of uh, of literacy actually uh, just the fact that uh, you know i mean this is an overall data point but the difference would lie a lot in rural india and in rural india that difference would lie because uh, you know it is really the under 30 um, age group of women is there we see much higher levels of literacy and access to mobile phones or at least the digital literacy exists in uh, you know you will not find that in an older age group uh, at all and and to go back a little to uh, to manrega uh, because i i looked at it closely so this is reflected even on the work sites in manrega so what they've done is that a lot of digitization has happened even in, in in the in that scheme so that if you go to a work site and even if you're just digging with access um you have to do a lot of login through mobile phones and things like that uh and and you they they almost all state governments rajasthan is doing it uttar pradesh is doing it they are trying to promote women as leaders under that scheme so a woman will lead the work site she'll be called a mate under that scheme all uh, and you know this mate scheme has been there for all all along except that it was always men who were leaders on the site so there there'll be women workers and men leading the site so you know all these changes have to finally happen through policy because they will not happen socially so when state governments uh, brought in this mission to bring in women uh, and this was surprising for me because i went to many sites i saw really young women leading the sites because they are the ones who had the literacy who could use a mobile phone and who had been to schools yeah 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 so now let's focus on the end part of uh, where you know the good thing about uh, reports is some reports don't do this so what i like the about this report is actually ended with recommendations neeto a lot of reports i tend to read as like ye problem hai ye problem hai ye problem hai are to main kya karu problem ka baad mein solution to batao bhai so it's good that we go into the recommendation so let's take all the five recommendations that you have uh... now what do you mean by appoint more women business correspondents like what exactly is a business correspondent here i i'm slightly confused about uh, the definition itself sure so a uh, business uh, correspondence is actually uh, something that the rbi had introduced uh, i do not remember which year was it introduced uh, perhaps in 2013 or something like that but uh, it is to get past the shop and motor model and to essentially deepen access to financial services so that you do not have to go to a bank account you can be in a village and you will 
have these agents now this might be familiar to you like you will go to a village and you see these agents who will give you access to digital services and to financial services so uh, and for that they will charge like a small fee uh, from you so uh, and that is a model that has really picked up over the years and and you know it's been one of the success stories for financial inclusion that it first of all it also provides employment to people so it you know it adds to the workforce and it uh, it obviously improves access but in india um, and repeatedly uh, it, you know a lot of consultation surveys have found that uh, women especially in rural india because that's where we're talking about uh, Uh, about financial inclusion uh, would be much more comfortable interacting with women as business correspondents and that's less than 10% of all business correspondents so essentially if you can improve that number um, then it also improves access yeah i i can i can relate to this and i'll share a small anecdote of my work in rural india so while i was working in a couple of villages there and you know how under the pradhan mantri sansad adarsh uh, gram yojana i clearly remember uh, the process of uh, setting up uh, certain things like uh, a female textile fabric man- uh, garment manufacturing unit with a very famous brand uh, for the mp with whom i was working with at that time uh, and i clearly remember how this point on women taking leadership roles matters a lot in 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 uh, in every fa- sect so you know while i was trying to work with the gram sevak who was a man and a not that he was very cooperative so he he cooperated all the time but the thing was the the uh, the point of selling the idea was not working until the sarpanch who was a female when she got involved and when she took the initiative and when she went and told the women look this is good you got to work with me let's go and do this and then you know the women started coming and then the women took it seriously and so so i can actually understand what you're explaining over here because i've seen the real life effects of that where women are seen in leadership roles so there is a cascading effect where other women are like okay hang on she's doing it then i can do it too mm. and which is why you know a lot of people when they say uh, you know even in things like uh, a reservation for women in uh, seats at the panchayat level or at the municipal level people say are wo kya hai wo to sitting councilor ki wife ko de denge wahi hoga bahut jagahon pe wahi hua hai maine wo deny kar raha hu wo nahi hua hai magar kya hota hai ki even when that wife is given uske baad kya hota hai aur jo aurte hoti hai wahan pe unko ek thoda sa confidence aa jata hai and then maybe in the second third fourth attempt in that particular seat you see women with no background uh, politically they also jump into politics so yeah i can actually vouch for uh, this this thing working in, in that sense now yeah. see again the, the, the second recommendation see promoting women's access and literacy in digital tools like everybody and and, and i don't <laughs> say this in a facetious manner or in a condescending manner but this is something this has been my grouse in a major way with private and public work in india ye jo digital mm-hmm. literacy ko hum bolte hain like यार सब लोग करते हैं मगर उसके इफेक्ट्स कौन मेजर करता है हाउस ना जहां पे अरे औरत को फोन दे दिया तो पता नहीं क्या करेगी उस माइंड सेट को कैसे टैकल करें ये लिटरेसी के पहले वो माइंड सेट को टैकल करना पड़ेगा so uh, i would say that you know since you since you sort of cited uh, private and public models for digital literacy in this case uh, i think that for it to be effective and we do have some programs across the country where we see you know this whole public private model uh, coming being effective is that it is not just that somebody is given training that this is how you use a mobile phone this is how you send a text and that's it so no that that of course does not work but it does work if there is constant hand holding where you first train that person you ensure that the person has access to it but you also teach that person to then utilize that now it could be that someone sitting in uh, somewhere in uh, rural in northeast india for example is given that access but what what happens after that so you help them set up their own 
models of entrepreneurship uh, since we are talking about financial inclusion here so you know i mean literacy is one but what happens after that so you help them um you know set up their small businesses whether it is an agri business or a fishery business help them access markets after that business is set up uh, um you know and I, of course I'm, i've taken up the example of livelihoods here but just to see through what we're talking about um essentially that uh, you know it is not a one step thing and and you're right by the way there are some programs which are very like okay somebody is taken to a center given training and then they return and then there's nothing to do after that but there are some again smaller programs and for this to be effective you obviously always needed to be scaled up but we do have a lot of uh, successful examples also where uh, you know a program that would have started with the with the motive of digital literacy uh has has a has a very sort of concrete impact on um, on the lives of families of women fair enough fair enough all right so now what wh- what do we mean when you say deepen convergence with self help groups wh- what exactly does that mean hmm. so uh, so you know one was that we talked about business correspondents which are essentially agents that banks will uh, will have okay so uh, the other thing uh, which has been done is uh, that uh, over the last few years there have been a, a, pro, a, a, a policy uh, which which has uh, which is called banking sakhis right where women who are in self help groups in rural india are given training to be like business correspondents and help Uh, essentially those women who do not have access to drive up transactions to get access to this so uh, self help groups themselves is you know again one of those and uh, it has been built up uh, as you had cited earlier that it never is one uh, particular regime but it is something which is built up over the years so i think in terms of a successful uh, policy intervention in india especially for women it is self help groups the national rural livelihoods mission you know we're sitting on that resource we saw them as very effective agents of change even during the covid pandemic uh, you know they were they were responding to the crisis they were making mass they were uh, you know when inf- access to information did not exist they were stepping in they were also helping uh, access to uh, you know they were helping many of those who did not have access to finances get that so i think that so what the recommendation specially says is that self help groups can play a, a bigger role in many ways including even driving up literacy in helping with access um, essentially got it got it all right now the fourth and fifth uh, in my opinion are kind of kind of interrelated so fourth you say collect gender disaggregated data and develop strategies to form women centric approaches and then you say promote digital credit for medium and small businesses now i'll explain why i think they are uh, interconnected and uh, you can disagree with me it's a, uh, uh, if you mm. if you uh, as someone again who is a sucker for data who tries to look up data india is the most data starved nation and i have mm-hmm. followed a few countries here like i have tried to look at canadian data like you go to stats canada right it's a government database it is so easy to look up data in canada or you go to the british government archives it is so easy to look up data the americans are there americans are slightly harder because they don't have a centralized system they have a more disagree you know they are a very different country they mm-hmm. are very bottom up so har cheez mein aapko uske state mein ghusna padta hai wo state ko dekho wo state se aapko federal mein jana padta hai canada uk kya hai wo upar se upar se niche um, jate hain they are more like us yeah yeah so it, it's like that but in this case sunaina see this is my sincere grouse like i i understand because this is a correct suggestion that you have given but how the hell are we going to pull this off in a country which is so pathetic is the word i use when it comes to data hmm okay so your i i'll try to answer that as a question but i also understand your grounds entirely uh and i know that you know there are 
a few good men, at least, you know, we've had a tradition of collecting data, but I also feel that it is something that we started strongly with and that we did not build enough on. Uh, as, as and, and the two are interconnected when we make a case for uh, collecting gender disaggregated data and how important that is for financial inclusion is something that is answered a little bit like I've addressed in the paper that uh, quite easily, uh, you know, the cash transfers that we talked about, direct benefit transfers uh, that happened. And we know that the government had transferred rupees 500 to the accounts of women for three months uh, right during the pandemic, right, to address the crisis. So why is data important? Because uh, there is data that exists on the Jandhan accounts, which uh, disaggregates men and women. And that's why very specific cash transfers could be made to women of the household so that that money goes to families. Uh, and what one study found was that there are a lot of women in India who do not have Jandhan accounts. There are women in India who do not have accounts, as we know, about 20%. And there are many who don't have Jandhan accounts. And there we do not have gender disaggregated data. Many of those women would have needed this, uh, the cash transfers, but they could not access it. So, um, you know, we definitely need uh, need that data. And the final recommendation that you are interlinking with it is uh, of, of MSMEs, right? Of essentially credit. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, you were saying something? No, no. I, I, I just said, yeah, uh, that's what I was saying about credit. Because right. what I meant to say was that once we have that data, then only we can disseminate credit through micro institutions for small businesses and uh, medium scale businesses. Right. But again, the problem, I, I'm just sharing my struggles because I have some mm -hmm. experience of groundwork, like working in slums in Mumbai and and villages in India. And believe me, gathering data was a pain in the butt. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that gathering data cannot be an easy task in a country like India at all. I mean, uh, you know, I, we've all experienced this. Uh, people also sometimes give contradictory information, right? Uh, sometimes they do not. Well, for various reasons that can happen. But uh, to go back to uh, credit uh, and how important again it is to have uh, have data uh, that certainly uh, I agree for, for example even for uh, the Pradhan Mantri Mudra Yojana which again is something that the government has really pushed as part of its financial inclusion and promoted for women um, a lot of women who get access to those have Jandhan accounts right and there again uh, data comes in very handy uh, it's something that we constantly talk about as a policy recommendation, but are we really doing it? We're not. So that is definitely a gap that exists and hasn't been addressed. All right. So I'll just take a couple of viewers' questions. So someone has asked, are there any metrics to ensure that women are actually in control of benefits of financial inclusion schemes and not just proxies for men in the family? Mm -hmm. Uh, are there any, uh, well, there are enough, again, there are studies that have looked at that. And I think uh, there, I mean, there are, there are, you will hear instances there, there, I'm sure there is a percentage of proxy male users, of course, that exists. But I would say some of it is also anecdotal. Some of it is what I have seen myself. Some of it is just looking largely at what exists in terms of, um, of literature and studies. Um, women will have control. And I think one of the ways that women in rural India especially are able to access information and therefore access a lot of these things is through self-help groups. So it's always the pair network. It's always women with women who will then seek this change. All right. So... This question is slightly long-winded and I'm going to paraphrase it. It was something different, but I'm trying to make it uh, and connect it to our discussion. Basically, do you think financial inclusion for women uh, in India is also now more probable because of the number of just children per se we have in the house? 
बाई डिफॉल्ट लेट से पहले की जनरेशन में पता नहीं कितने बच्चे पैदा कर देते थे लोग मुझे समझ में नहीं आता वो जो भी पांच बच्चे छह बच्चे सात बच्चे तो इट्स इट्स जस्ट नेक्स्ट टू इम्पॉसिबल टू इवन हैव दैट काइंड ऑफ अ फाइनेंशियल इंक्लूजन स्ट्रेटेजी एंड इन दैट यू एड टू द लेवल ऑफ पेट्री आर की इन आर सोसाइटी सो उसमें तो मतलब जो बच्ची होगी घर में गर्ल इन द हाउस एंड लेटर ऑन हु इज गोइंग टू बी एन अडल्ट वुमन is definitely not going to be looked at do you think then in that sense you know the the two child policy i'm not saying the state is forcing us to have two children before somebody gets all jittery nor 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 am i insinuating that but the point is the overall moral arc of modernity which has led to a drop in in a you know post industrialization a drop in in fertility rates and uh, you know giving women more access to multiple opportunities has actually in a way indirectly helped women in getting more financial access hmm so uh, if i can summarize that uh, are you saying that access to education that more women are likely to have now because of declining population will lead yeah because just think about financial inclusion टॉपिक began from uh, looking at employment of women and when again if we look at employment of women we have to take a step back and look at education so the moment that improves if education outcomes improve then employment outcomes of course also improve and then that also means that there is improved financial inclusion and and also the vi- vice versa happens that sometimes financial inclusion uh as i was saying earlier you know somebody has access to to money say in some rural part that person can start their own business so that can then conversely improve in employment outcomes so it's both but yeah education remains the base for it all right all right so before we wrap up so just one last question from my end what was the one thing that you found the most heartening when you were doing your research over here mm. and what was the one thing that bothered you the most hmm i can tell you right off the thing that bothered me the most was uh, i think the the gap in digital access i think that's something um that seems like we should really not um have at all right in these times and with this post pandemic world where we move so much towards digitization that's constantly what we talk about i think that that thing remains heart rending that there is uh, and and often i you know it surprises me more to see these this data throw up such big gaps in in access to digital services and that of course impacts everything um the heartening thing of course or uh, is the fact that uh, you know i mean that there is evidence to show uh, and you know uh, not just this paper but so much of it to show that um, just the fact that women uh, more women have access to bank accounts and you know that just means that they uh, whether it is their own earnings whether it is government transfers through social security um it has improved social outcomes for women so you know we are talking about um, gender equity and uh, and how all of that is linked and i think there we have seen uh, we've definitely seen a lot of improvement awesome you know uh, i actually honestly my big takeaway from reading this report was uh, do we have problems obviously we're a work in progress this actually was very heartening to read this report look at the trends mm-hmm. that okay at least we're going in the right direction and again you know i wish i had read this report before i did my monologue on the best time to be alive mm-hmm. i would have added some data points from this uh, uh, this report over there and i made a few charts too but uh, 
once again sunaina thank you very much for coming on the podcast and writing this paper i i thoroughly enjoyed it and 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 i hope i will now follow your work a lot more closer uh, closely and and uh, next time you know if i come across some things i'm definitely going to reach out to you and hopefully you'll agree to come back again and we'll discuss such uh, papers again thank you kushal it has been a pleasure to be here and i really enjoyed this conversation uh, you know how it is you work on something and you've nerded out on the paper and you've also given me things that i'm thinking about uh, there are some questions and food for thought for me as well but i really appreciate your interest in this honestly it's in more than anything it's also the fact that i think we need to talk about all of this uh, more what's working what's not working what are the gaps and um, yeah i think these discussions do help a lot thank you well i try my best to talk about issues with i can guarantee you at least in the podcast peer in india most people don't care don't talk about um, uh, without taking names sab log apni cheezon mein busy hain as uh, the youtube uh, lords and the algorithm of youtube says sirf negativity pe lo main nahi pe lunga main policy pe lunga tum policy suno once again sunena thank you very much for coming and uh, guys before we wrap up the video once again in the description of this uh, uh, link in youtube or if you're listening on spotify itunes wherever you're listening to this or you're watching this uh there is there are uh, uh, you have smita sunena's uh, twitter handle so you can go and follow her if you have any follow up questions maybe you can tweet at her she can answer them uh, without trolling troll wale question not allowed agar <laughs> normal insano wale question honge to puch lena aur agar puchne secondly i have left a link in the description of the podcast of the report itself so you can click the link you can download the report you report yourself and you can also read it especially i know a few of you uh, do listen to the podcast and uh, tend to download the reports also i've been told by think tanks jinke reports maine share kiye ki oh after your podcast some people did download our report so if you are i'm really happy that i'm inculcating this habit of people reading act, uh, actual real reports that really matter and change uh, change our lives and if possible write write short blogs on it short tweets on it link the report uh, link the author over there uh, referencing is always good so i'll i'll close uh, today's discussion on that on on that note once again please subscribe to the charvak podcast youtube channel if you can uh, support this podcast go to the next level become a member on fanmo on patreon on youtube buy the merch like this video and i'll see you guys next time until then namaste take care bye